Longhorn Nation, we're back! Y'all, we have a very, very special guest. We are so excited to welcome Big Man on Campus. Yeah, we got we got big humans in the house. It is our friend Hayden Connor, offensive lineman. Hayden, man, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for joining Fire the Canton. Thank y'all for having me. It's a pleasure. We, we love it. We love it. Well, man, so we know you're a Texas guy. Come all the way from Katy. Uh, you definitely have been have been killing it with the accolades lately. So just for those folks that don't know. Just a little bit of background on Hayden. He was uh, in high school, a two-time All-District honoree and a four-year varsity letterman. So you were killing wow, it since you freshman. were a kiddo. Um, you know, you were named the finalist uh, for the 2020 uh, Sports Illustrated All-American team. Again, lots, lots of recognition early on. And then you were number 12 among the offensive guards and number 44 in the state of Texas, ranked by ESPN in wow, the class. Wow, top 50 player. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Uh, and then, yeah, committed to Texas. You've been here for, for three years, you know, left guard, but they move you around quite a bit. Uh, and uh, you uh, were an early enrollee at Texas as well. So, man, we how fortunate we are to have you on the line and, of course, here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that process? Like, we know that you had a lot of different schools banging on your door, hoping that that you would commit. Um, what What brought you to Texas? What made you decide UT was the school for you? Academics was definitely a big thing for me. <clears throat> I knew what major I wanted to do since I was an eighth grader, which was aerospace engineering. And we can get into <laughs> that later. Um, minor thing. <laughs> oh, um, and I knew that Texas had a great engineering program. Uh, and so I was really interested in that early on. Um, and pretty much academics guided my whole recruiting process. Uh, it came down to here in uh, Michigan. So it was, it was, it was, far away or it was in my backyard so I feel like I made a, a decent choice fabulous weather or freeze your butt off <laughs> Do you I like, like the cold, cold. I like the cold so I, okay. it's, it's kind of like yeah it's like you know but you're, you're your own space heater right to me yes. it's like the Caribbean <laughs> or Antarctica like to, to me that was, that's what it feels like well, yeah we're glad you chose Texas yeah Rocky is a tropical people I, I'm a tropical people <laughs> we're so glad you you chose Texas what went into so you said like the academics but what about the school really separated them aside from the fabulous weather from from a school like Michigan which is a respectable amazing program also I think it's just the tradition that Texas has you know I, I didn't I didn't know a lot of I didn't grow up a Texas fan and so during the recruiting process I started to learn more about you know, Texas and it's, it's rich history and Michigan has history too, but I just don't, I don't, I don't think it's the same. And the, the fans here are, I would say a lot better than in Michigan, <laughs> um, <heard. laughs> but yeah. Uh, but the academics were always big for me, you know, getting to tour Michigan's facility and here it was, it was, it was really equal. It was just about, you know, the, the athletics was that cherry on top that was going to finish it off. So it was, it was a tough decision. I can imagine. I can imagine. So did can you tell us about the process like when the coaches contacted you you know how how much were they talking with you was it you know a daily thing a weekly thing like how often were you in contact with coach flood and and did the coaching staff have who was your main recruiter yeah your main recruiter um and did they have a big impact on on where you decided ultimately to go so <clears throat> when i was being recruited flood was still at bama mm -hmm. uh, and so coach coach hand and coach herman recruited me here uh so i i, I committed to coach hand 
Um, and every, every, every coach is different with how they recruit. Some guys Snapchatted, which I thought was a little weird. Um, <laughs> grown, men snap, grown men Snapchatting high school football players is a little weird. It's how they um, reach you. <laughs> I, I respect that take though. I, I don't, and I know that I'm basically waving my cane in the air when I say this. I don't understand Snapchat because if I want to text you, I don't need a picture to go with it. I'll just text you. Or I don't need like half a blurry picture. You know, all the pictures are like, I always joke that if these kids go missing, no one's ever going to find them because all the pictures are like half a tongue sticking out. But anyway, so so Snapchat. Yeah. Some use Snapchat. Some would send a text every day or every other day. It just just kind of depended on the coach. I can't remember how coach hand did it. Cause that was kind of a while ago, it was a minute uh, ago. but I committed pretty early and kind of cut off my recruitment, uh, going into my junior year. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, so there were two years of high school where I just talked to coach hand. So it's you been a while fine. since I've loyal all the way through. I, yeah. I love that. So when the coaching change was announced, did that, did you have any second thoughts? Did you like, what was your process going from coach hand to coach flood? Uh, you know, did, did it take a little more research on your part or did, did you immediately have conversations with them or what? what no, I actually, if I remember correctly, I got on campus in January and we still didn't know who the O-line coach was going to be. Like it was a couple, it was only a couple of weeks later that we found out that coach flood was going to join the staff. Um, at the time, yeah, I was scared. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, like now I'm going to play for guys that didn't recruit me at other schools. Um, and so it was, it was a weird process, but I knew that, you know, I was committing to a coach, but I was committing more to the school itself. And that, that was, that was always in the back of my head. Like I'm, I'm coming here to change, change the culture, change the program. Um, and I feel like that was pretty successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I like, I like that you say that because Texas has been, um, on the struggle bus for a few years before you so when you say you you're one of the people that wanted to come in and change it why why take that on when you can go to a school that's already winning why take on being one that has that does puts in the work to change it or or bring it back to to where you guys are right now I wanted to be special I wanted to be a part of something that wasn't that had been a dynasty in the past that was that had been really good and was kind of in this rough stage and I, I wanted to be a part of that 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 program and that movement and that change for for an entire city. That's incredible, man! Like Thanks. definitely, definitely not for the lighthearted or or, or the the weak minded. <laughs> right, like everything about you is is pretty phenomenal, man. So I have, I, yeah, yeah, I love that. So, um, at, you know, we talked about culture is something that word has come up quite a bit. You know, you mentioned it just now with the rebuilding. Um, we've heard coach Sark talk about it a lot. We've heard about all the coaches. It is a word that is floating around in the year 2023, quite a bit with the Texas program, but we know that didn't start this year. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about that process, what it's been like starting from where we were three years ago when you were at Texas, when you came to Texas to where the program is today and, and building that culture, what were some of the key um, moments, I think for you and, and some of the, the small changes that you saw. Yeah, it was not easy. I remember, I remember when I got here, uh, the, the culture was kind of weird. It was, uh, I feel like the culture when I first got here was a little bit selfish in terms of player to player interaction. Um, 
I, I would say that I was close with just the guys that I came in with for a semester or two, which I feel like is a little too long if we're trying to go win a natty together. <laughs> um, so it was, it was difficult. You know, the coaches, the coaches had to come in and tell us like, Hey, like if y'all want to be great, y'all have to be player led. Like the culture has to get better. And so they helped us with some culture stuff during the summers. Like we would do culture Wednesdays where we would meet separate into groups and really just talk about our lives and, I actually really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun getting to learn more about players that really I don't get to talk to a lot, like the DBs and stuff. Like I've, I can say that I'm friends with a lot of them, which is surprising. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it hasn't, it hasn't been easy, but you know, when, when Sark came in and was like, we're going to be the best team in the country, but we got to be player led first. We all bought in. And of course some people had to go and some people came in and that's just the way that it had to work out. Cause I, I, tr I can truly say that everyone on the team loves each other, like wholeheartedly. That's an amazing thing to hear. because, And I think that does really show through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can say in the past, even prior, before you got here, there were definitely some rifts, you know, that became a little apparent, maybe more apparent after a few players left. But um, you can tell now, I mean, these, just like you're saying, it, it, it is so obvious now to see how much love you guys have for each other and you no know, plan for the man next to you and, and, and really just passionate. Um, you know, one of the things we saw in the big 12 championship game, when Keelan uh, scored his touchdown, he was looking around for a big man to celebrate with. Uh, and, and, or he was, Oh, well, where are you at? Where's, where's the defense. Right. But, but I, I think yeah. it was Derek Williams. That was the, the first up there. Who was the first, no, not, was, not Derek Williams. Who was the first up there? Cam Williams. Cam Williams. Yeah. That was the first up and Caitlin was like, yeah, like celebrating together. And I think seeing that camaraderie and, you know, the acknowledgement from maybe the, the skill position guys of all the hard work that, that y'all are putting in, that the big men are putting in and creating those opportunities. I think that's become really apparent and different from in years past. Would you agree with that? Oh, it, I, I love to see, I love to see the way you guys celebrate each other. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a lot of work. And like Sark talks about, you know, when, when a running back scores, all the things had to happen, right. Right. Like the war, everyone has to know what to do, how to do it and then execute it. Um, it's a very complicated offense and that's why it's a successful offense when it's executed well. And we love to see it. Um, so when it does happen, we love to see everybody celebrate together. And then the defense is going crazy for the offense on the sideline and the offense is cheering the defense. Is that, is that what you're seeing too? Like everybody's just just happy for each other's success because it makes team success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like whenever we're on the sideline and the defense makes a big play, like usually coach Floyd will try and keep us focused about, you know, deciphering <laughs> what just happened on the previous drive. But we hear the crowd going and we are, we're all, we always get yelled at. We're always trying to look at the, the scoreboard to see what happened. Cause we're so invested with, 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 with each other. Like moment throughout the season. Like, is there a moment that stuck out to you? That was like, hell yeah, this, that like a favorite point or like a favorite play just give us a little insight on on throughout this what's been an incredible season so far what's what's your favorite moment thus far oh it's been a long season it has uh, it has well, well, let's, let's start with like bama right 
going into Alabama and no one's won there in years and years and 50 something games of Bama defending home territory and this and that. And then Texas goes in and manhandles them on the lines. What, what, like going in, people doubted Texas had that kind of physicality or that they were going to be able to, you know, scheme up against Saban's defensive mind um, that you guys pulled it off. What was the, what was it like going into that game? And then when the clock you know hit zero and you guys have a W. Yeah, one thing we kind of pride ourselves on is that we don't treat one game different than another. Like our preparation for the Rice game was the exact same was for Bama, which and it was the exact same for the Big 12 championship game. So the preparation didn't change. It was just our mentality on game day. We had oh. to take in the comments a little more personal, which you know it was it was a personality and grit game and we and we needed to show it because we knew what we we're capable of and you know that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season in terms of our our standard as an o-line and you know we weren't perfect but i feel like we lived up to it the majority of the time for sure absolutely i mean i think that's something that we saw y'all y'all were dominant i mean it really you were moving around there were a couple plays i don't know if we can talk about it a lot but something that y'all had practiced on how <laughs> to get uh the d to jump or how to get them to come off. And you were an integral part of that. And it, it worked a couple of times. <laughs> it worked pretty well with, a with maybe some, a little bit of subtle movements. I, I won't give away too much here, but um, is, is that something, I mean, do you all practice that meticulously every play? Is that something that's a, no, we've got, you know, our core plays, this is what we're doing. And then, you know, we've got a few extras or is that, tell us a little bit about the process. Yeah. So we always have uh, a list of about 20 to 30 plays that we open with um so we'll within the first quarter we'll hit all those plays and get a get a good idea of how they're going to play against our 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 alignments and our our different formations and stuff um but you know like like with the stuff that you're talking about um we we practice those during the week we just trickle them in because it's important to catch the defense slipping every once in a while and you know if you add a little extra something here and there then maybe you could get them um but that's that that hand thing that you're talking about. It's fine. We can talk about it. It's something that that I do on regular plays too, and so I think that's that's why it's worked. I've gotten a couple of guys this year on it. So well done. It's been, <laughs> been fun to watch. I, yeah. it's something we were the the first time it happened at Bama. I was like, oh, there it is. That's amazing. Like it was. <laughs> I was losing my mind over it. I know we were. We were it was pretty fun. It was fun to watch. Yeah. So I know we've like going into the season. It was all about embracing the hate, revenge tour, leaving the Big 12, you know, and then we've seen like um, when you go on the road, Texas is hated, right, which is why you embrace it. And Texas is undefeated this year on the road, true road games in those icy whites. Um, so what does that mean to you to embrace the hate? Because um, we know we've seen like Adonai Mitchell saying it's all right if they, you know, come at me putting their whatever in my face because they wish they were in my shoes playing this game right what does it mean to you when when they say embrace the hate uh people only hate the great ones they don't hate the the average ones so <laughs> that's that's kind of the way we think about it on the team uh and, and I love it like I I think every one of our games was sold out this year besides the rice one I think um and and that just shows you know when when, when you go into a different stadium and they haven't had a sold out game in however many years and then it's sold out just for this Texas game, it's like, oh, yep. they're, not, they're not coming to watch their team. They're coming to watch us. Exactly. So, so we, we, we love that that stuff. 
Love it. That's phenomenal. And the Texas fans travel well. You, what's very your well, very well so far this year. Yeah, it's 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 been great. You know, every every time that we get done with a road game, I'm always surprised by how many Texas fans are there. Like like at the Iowa game, I was like, holy crap! There there's there were so many people there that were that were rooting for us, and I'm like, I love that. We we need we need more of that. So it was, uh, you know, we we always recognize it and we hear it too whenever we score, because um, you know. The, the best thing about road games is when it gets quiet, but when you've got a good fan base, it, it, you still hear a little noise after your success. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about, you brought up that Iowa state game. Um, and we, we talked about culture a little bit earlier. We know a few years ago, the Iowa state game was a bit of a pivotal moment for this Texas team with the now infamous Bo Davis rant. Um, I understand you were, uh, you you were able to witness that particular rant. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say that that was a a point that changed Texas's trajectory or mentality? How did that speech, that passionate speech from Bo Davis, affect the team and affect you? Well, I, I remember vividly because I was sitting right underneath where he slammed his hand. Um, <laughs> so I was I was I was right there, and it was. Uh, you got the you jokes. Know, I, I, <laughs> Yeah, at the time I was a freshman, I was rotating in, I was still playing, but I didn't have, I would say the voice I have now. And I feel like a lot of us were thinking the same, the same things that coach Davis was saying. And, you know, I I do think that was a a turning point for our culture and our team is like, like, like the shit's real. Like we got to lock in, we got to start caring more. And a lot, a lot of the guys on that team transferred because they just, they just weren't buying in. Um, And I think, yeah, I, I completely agree that that was, a big, a big part in our culture change for sure. That's good. Yeah. Again, you know, when, it, when that thing went viral, it was, a. I think my first reaction was like, Oh man, I wish this wasn't a thing everybody was witnessing. Right. Like I wish that had been a, in, in the house. family kind of yeah. thing, mm-hmm. but, but on, on the same note, I think if we're going to seek the silver lining, I think the fact that that went viral showed the fans, especially um, showed the people that like, there is passion there. This, this staff is serious. And, you know, like Bo Davis said, this is real. This is real life. This is our living. And, and I think that resonated with a lot of people that have been, you know, bleeding burn orange for a long time. Uh, and maybe seeing some of the same issues that you, you mentioned and not really knowing what to do with those feelings. I think that video coming out mm-hmm. resonated with everyone. Um, so it, it's good to hear that that was something that was a key moment that, that kind of turned, um, flash forward now to this year's Iowa State game. I think that's probably there's been a lot of bulletin board material over the uh, over this particular season. <laughs> I think you you probably that little grin probably tells me you know what I'm talking about. But I think uh, Iowa State was was one of the first ones that you know aside from your mark at the beginning of the season, Iowa State was the first one where a player just came outright in an interview and I'm gonna we're gonna what, we're gonna check their ego. What and... I would say was a little disrespectful. Can you? you know, as part of that embrace the hate that we've talked about and, uh, you know, having that, that particular comment, um, did that fuel the team? Did that resonate? Did, you know, is that something that you'll focus in or was it just another, you know, kind of just another piece in the ether? Don't pay attention to it. We definitely took it a little personal. Um, but you know, as a, as a team, whenever, people say stuff like that, like, especially for me personally, you know, I'm like, okay, I internalize it for a second and then I'm going to use it when I need it. 
And I feel like we played with a bit of a chip on our shoulder during that game um, when we played Iowa State. And, you know, I, I truly don't understand why people say stuff like that in the first place, because the only thing it does is gives us mo more motivation. So they're a loss, honestly. Right. Literally. I, I'm, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, you know, we, we saw it with the, obviously the Texas Tech thing, uh, the Yormark comments were circulating in the weight room uh, all week. And of course I, I was here for the pettiness from the school point of view of playing it on the Jumbotron afterwards while he was in attendance. Uh, we saw it a little bit, even uh, at the big 12 championship game where Ollie Gordon was screaming F Texas, you know, all along the sidelines. And uh, then was held to 34 yards. So that uh that is not bad. Uh I definitely I'm I'm hoping now honestly a little bit that Washington starts running their mouths and oh they won't maybe put some they won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. No, it's I think that's something that that we love see, as fans we love seeing the the passion and the excitement there and like I said I I tell Rothy this all the time. Petty is my favorite color. So I I like that little chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, so you know you mentioned a little bit you hear things online you 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 see People get personal. Texas fans are great fans. And every fan base has some folks that maybe aren't so great. How yep. do you as a player tune that out? Like we've heard Coach Sark talk about mentality and mental health and, and loving one another, but staying healthy and treating yourselves right. How do you manage as a player, both the hype and the hate that can come across in this world of social media and clickbait? How, how do you guys process that? How do you manage that? I think everyone deals with it in in their own way. So for me personally, I, I've told all my family members and, and my girlfriend Paige um, that it doesn't matter if you see something good or bad about me, I don't want to hear it because it's it's either going to piss me off and make me unfocused or it's going to inflate my ego or, you know, whatever else. But, you know, whenever I see something negative online, I I, I always think about like they have no clue what they're talking about. Like they're, they're, they're a fan who's upset about something that they're probably not as educated about as I am. And so usually I, I, I just blow it off, but some of them are pretty funny. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I had one guy one time say I was the worst football player ever. <laughs> not to be dramatic. Not <laughs> Yeah. Um, the worst ever. And he, he spelled my, my last name wrong. And so I, I commented and I'm like, you. Hey, I'm like, Hey bro, it's, it's C-O-N and E-R. Did you respond to him openly on, on social? To, to yeah, no, I did that. That, that. that happened. Yeah. That makes my soul happy. It like, it's yeah. human core. That makes that me is, happy. That is... And I bet the man just like shut down. Cause again, when the players actually respond, I feel like a lot of them are like, you know, the dog that like chases after a car. And then when he mm -hmm. catches it, he doesn't know what to do. Like I, I can only imagine. Yeah. I, I think especially now it's shifted from um, mostly it's shifted from just people like, Sark, you know, oh, he hasn't won 10 games. Well, now that he's won 10 games, well, he didn't do this or he didn't do that. So there's always um, there's always people that are never bought in. You know, the hate for Texas is real, and that's fine. But now it's a lot of love for Texas. There's a lot of love. People are, you know, going in. Texas is favored in the game. We'll get to that conversation in a minute about the Sugar Bowl. But now when you, you said you don't want to hear it good or bad because it, because it can inflate you, but isn't it a little nice to have people – saying nice things for once <laughs> i mean yeah it, it's it's all right i've i've always we won't tell you what we see <laughs> huh 
I said, we won't tell you the good things we saw about you this week. Yeah, no, <laughs> you were the I mean, highest, highest graded pass blocker in Power Five on Championship Weekend, Hayden Connor. That's cool. <laughs> See that? That's my favorite. That understated. That's cool. That's cool. Now go work harder, right? <laughs> yeah. So with that, you know, we are going into to the uh, a little bit of a lull uh, before we play okay. in the Sugar Bowl. Yo, you guys are. We are. Yeah, right. Right. Um, how do you guys stay focused now? Like, again, this team is being talked about very differently um, at this point in the season than they were at the beginning. How do y'all stay focused with that 28-day break uh, between, you know, the, the Big 12 championship game and the Sugar Bowl? How is the team staying focused? What are y'all working on? Um, I know it's finals time, too. Uh, what What's the process right now for that? Uh, yeah, finals is first. Um, so we have, we have the week off we, we we're working out up at the facility just three days this week. Uh, then we get the weekend off and then we get another week where it's kind of just kind of a recharge session where, you know, we get our legs back underneath us. We get our mind clear, we get finals out of the way and then we'll practice. Oh man, we'll practice two and a half weeks before the game. Uh, and then we'll get another break in between there, but we're playing for a national championship. So I feel like if if people are somehow messing stuff up and not being focused, then they don't they don't belong here. But I have a good feeling that the that the vast majority of the guys on the team are going to be doing the right thing. I love that. I love that. So so you did. You mentioned. I mean, Texas is in the running for a national championship. At the mm -hmm. beginning of the season, Coach Sark was super super clear. The goal for year three was to win the Big 12 championship. And y'all did that with flying colors. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yes. Ab yeah, absolutely, man. That's, I can't tell. And like, dominate, dominating fashion. Yes. Dominating I, fashion. I literally cried. Like, I am not a crier at games. I cried. Like, it was just for this team and what you guys have been through and how much y'all have progressed, especially in with the, you know, the classes that you've seen come through and the growth from when you started with Texas. Um now, how do you shift that mentality from we're going to win the Big 12, that's the season goal? Tell, tell, tell us a little bit about that shift on how you go from, well, now we've accomplished that season goal and now we're setting new ones. What are the steps that y'all have to take and what are you doing personally to gear yourself up? My answer is not going to be exciting. Um, it's we're just going on the next game, just the next mission. That's 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 the way that I think about it, and that's the way that Coach Sark tells us to think about it. Is it's you know, we started out the season with twelve bullets, we used them all, and now we got two more that we got to go use. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is awesome. All right. Um, so looking for oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So as you go through the season, you have um, game week, class. You have training, prep, film, class. How how do when do you sleep? Like, how do you, like, now you're going to get a little bit of a quote unquote break, right? But how did you, how did you manage your own time getting to this point? Because most people, it's hard. I mean, being a student at Texas is hard enough. Aerospace engineering and a full football schedule. And you're doing, you know, charity work, community work, you know, media work. How, how are you, when do you sleep? Well, I go to bed pretty early, so I, I I get my eight hours. Um, okay, good. It, it just makes my day a little more hectic. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the aerospace engineering stuff earlier. Uh, that that that's what I wanted to do, um, and I I had to make a hard choice um, to to not do it because I actually couldn't. Um, the the higher up courses that I was I was getting ready to take were only given in the morning, and that's when we practice. 
So I had to, I had to make a tough choice and it, it was, it was difficult, but you know, I, I made, I made a good decision. And now my, my major is uh, geography, earth science. Oh, wow. I'm still doing a lot of the same stuff that, um, that I did in high school. I took a NASA high school aerospace scholars program. Um, and so a lot of that kind of the technological side of it is very similar to what I'm doing now. Um, still hard work. So day to day, it's difficult because watching film is probably one of the biggest things, like in terms of, for me, like an offensive lineman, recognizing fronts and shifts and how guys rush and how guys defend double teams and all that stuff. So that, like, usually I'll, we have practice in the morning. We'll get done around 11-ish. Um, I've got two classes every day. I've, I don't have any class on Friday. And so I'll go to class, then we'll have meetings. And that break before before meetings is when I do film I do extra homework I study um and then usually on Sundays sadly is when I actually have to do the most of my work oh. uh, no so. no breaks for you huh Sunday, no, Sunday, no, no, no none that's that's why that's why this week is felt like a little bit of a vacation because yeah I really <laughs> am just studying just for just for three tests uh so it's 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 kind of nice what to do with yourself with all this time <laughs> no I don't it's it sucks actually I hate it <laughs> hang out hang out with fire the cannon <laughs> perfect time <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that's uh, again, I don't see how y'all keep up with your schedule. I barely can keep track of myself as a 41 year old woman. I cannot imagine having a schedule like y'all's. It's just nuts to me. Um, but now we, we got that little bit of a break going into maybe a little bit of excitement about the Sugar Bowl. Uh, tell me the Big 12 championship game. Um, tell you what, give me your favorite moment from Big 12 championship game and then and then we'll transition that into Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl chat. Oh, my favorite part of the game. Um, seeing T-Sweat score was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> we, we had been uh, practicing that play for about four weeks. Um, wow. And it was in the game plan every week, but we just never had a chance to run it. And so the first time in four weeks that we get to, that we get to run it is in the Big 12 championship game. So is it that, true that, that he was, dropped was, it in practice the day before the walkthrough? Did he drop it? They said that he dropped it in the walkthrough. He dropped it a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> but he caught it when it mattered. He caught it when it, right? caught it, when it mattered. That's all and, that matters. Yeah, that exactly. Heisman, he dropped the Heisman pose. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, there, there, there were a lot of fun moments in that game. Um, you know, I, it didn't hit me that we won um, until really when we got on the bus. You know, I'm like, holy crap, like we we actually just did that. It was a, it was it was it was pretty special. But probably being in being in front of the stage where uh Q and Sark were at watching the confetti fall, that was that was probably uh the best moment for sure. That's a very cool moment. I'll tell oh go ahead. Oh, I'll tell you a moment that was really special for a lot of the fans was Jonathan Brooks coming out for the last play. Um Talk about that, like how how that came to be. I I heard he's having surgery today, mm -hmm. uh, right? So wish him the best, uh, quick recovery. Um, talk about that, like suiting up, putting off his surgery so he can come out with the team in that last play. Yeah. So on our on our Friday walkthroughs, we we kind of go through special situations in the game, and then at the very end, we go victory formation. And Coach Sark told told JB to get out onto the field, and we were like. My coach, he can't, he can't play. And so he brought us all up after. I don't know if you remember and, this, but uh, hey, coach. Yeah, he, he brought us up after and um, 
he was like, we're going to finish the game in victory formation. And I'm telling the equipment staff to pack JB shit because he's going to be on the field. Wow. So it was, it was, it was pretty cool hearing that before, you know, we, we even left town um, that it was already planned ahead. And, you know, you know, J, JB deserves it. He's, he was the backbone of our offense for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That but, was, huh, that was a moment. It, for we, sure. I know a lot of the fans were really, because the numbers that Brooks had been putting up, we, everybody was worried, like, what's going to happen now? But we just had everyone step up. Baxter, Kaelin, um, Trey, even Weisner's getting in in the end of these games. Like, blue, amazing. Like, how great does it feel to know if you have that horrible, unfortunate injury for, you know, the player that's just shining and taking the lead to just know next man up isn't just a saying. Like, it's really happening. And how are they all a little bit different? I think all the guys' uh, personalities are definitely very different, um, which which I love. You know, every time I see I see Blue, I don't think he gets the reference, um, but I go, "You're my boy, Blue." Every time I see him, uh, and I, I don't think he's seen uh, old, old school yet. Oh, so cool. I, I think I need <laughs> to show him. Kicking in the quad. <laughs> yeah, um, but but the the talent that we have it and really every position group is just. It's it's phenomenal. Like I think that we are the deepest team in college football for sure. And and you know, it really shows like when when you've got the leading rusher in power five who goes down, and you've got Cedric and Blue who come in and, and really our offense didn't didn't stop. Like it kept going. And uh think that shows a lot about you know our, how how well we can recruit and also how invested everyone is within the game plan. Yeah, absolutely. So on, on that note, do you, as an O-lineman, do you prep differently with the different players? Like, is it, you know, you get a lot of reps and again, you had talked about, you know, obviously Brooks was, was RB1 for, for a good portion of the season. And then when he goes out, is it difficult to make that transition of, of prepping with Brooks a lot, or do you guys get equal reps with, with all of the RBs, just given how deep we are, how do you guys you know, work with each different running back and is there a different process for each one? Yeah, though. So during, during practice, they'll rotate, they'll rotate um, with, with both groups, with the ones and the twos so that they get a good feel based on, you know, how, how the runs are going to hit, how each of us block. Um, but, you know, really our, our, our job doesn't change is back there. You know, we, we could, we could have uh, Baron at running back and, and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't change the way that we think about the player or anything like that. But in practice, for sure, it's important for them to, you know, get, get, get the right fits and know where, how the flow of the play is supposed to go. Yeah. So did that communication, I think there were, you know, a few times that we saw maybe with the younger running backs when they came in, communication might've been a little bit, you know, hit or miss for a couple plays. How did that develop along the game? Was that just repetition or is it something that you know, you guys would set them aside and say, Hey man, this is something we need to work on. How did that play out? Yeah, it's, it's definitely reps. Um, you know, we have those inexperienced guys. Um, I feel like reps is the most important thing, but also the way that we communicate with them and be like, Hey, like, like on this play, like it's going to rip, you just got to trust it and hit it front side. Or, you know, I, I, I remember vividly how many times that we said that this year and it ended up working. And, you know, they started communicating with us as well in terms of like, Hey, y'all need to do this better or that. And, you know, we, we, JB always communicated really well. And so it was, it was cool to see said and blue and Trey starting to communicate more And red too. Red was, red was amazing this year. Um, so our communication as, as a O-line unit and the running backs got a lot better because of, uh, because of JB. 
That's awesome. That's awesome to hear like the, the coaching up, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that Sark was saying this has to be a player led team um, and, and having players like JB, even in the position he's in to come and coach guys up, you know, even when he's not in there contributing as a runner, but him to go up and, and make those changes and help the younger guys come up. I, I think that really speaks to the, you know, the team mentality and the unselfishness that we're really seeing throughout this whole Texas team this year. Um, it's, it's been a, I would tell you from our point of view, from a fan point of view, it's been a beautiful thing to watch. And I'm sure it's even more fun to be a part of that, but it is, it has been a quite a thing to behold. Um, all right. So on the O-line, who is the most quiet? Like who's the quietest guy on the O-line? Oh gosh. Um, probably Trevor, Trevor Goosby or, Kojo, Kojo's quiet, but he can have his moments where he's he's pretty loud. Um, Gets a little goofy or just like loud, loud. Goofy, yeah, he's he's a funny guy. We, we all of us have a pretty similar sense of humor, um, which which is pretty sweet. But he he can be he can get loud every once in a while. But I think Trevor's the most quiet. That's awesome. So of all the guys, do you who's the biggest prankster like on the team on the offense? Let's call it on the offense. Keelan for sure. Keelan, yeah, Keelan's a. Pretty pretty damn funny. I can't repeat half the stuff he says though. <laughs> Not appropriate for for a full listening audience. He looks like yeah. he's so all right, man. So here we are, uh, just a little bit before Sugar Bowl. Um, I think there were a lot of perhaps some doubters at the beginning of this year that that Texas couldn't make it this far. A lot of those guys have you know mysteriously disappeared. That's that's odd how that happens. Um, Tell us about the Sugar Bowl excitement. Is that, are y'all happy that this is a, a New Orleans Sugar Bowl versus Rose Bowl? Is there one that y'all wanted, you know, more than the other? Or? We really don't care as long as as long as we were in the top four. That that was the most important thing. Um, you know, being in New Orleans is, is kind of sweet. It's pretty much our backyard uh, compared mm-hmm. to the trip Washington has to make. So um, I'm excited to see that the fans turn out for sure. Yeah, they'll be there. I think this will be a. I think it's safe to say this will be a home feeling kind of game for Texas. Uh, Washington travels well too, no question. They did, yeah, they did last year for sure. Yeah, but that, but that is, you know, a little different. So, you guys are taking on Washington. Uh, you know, we ran into them last year at the Alamo Bowl. Um, we were down a few of our starters. Uh, you know, some opted out, some were in the transfer portal. Do you think that? I mean, are y'all excited to play Washington again? And do you think having that experience? Because I know there's a lot of guys that were on that team last year that are back for Texas and for Washington as well. How do you think that plays out? Is that a, a bonus for y'all? Um, or do you feel a hindrance at all? I'm I'm actually pretty excited. You know, we we this whole year was about, you know, farewell tour, getting revenge on teams from last year. And they're literally the last team that we we we, we need revenge from. So uh, I'm excited for that opportunity. Uh, you know, they're they're a hell of a team. They were good last year, and I feel like the 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 two of us have both gotten better in our own or in our own ways. I think I saw some stat where uh, the combined roster for each team, 80% of the team is coming back this year, mm-hmm. which is, which is crazy. And then that, that's really exciting because I, I, I thought that their defense was one of the best that we played all last year. And so I'm looking forward to, you know, playing a really good defense and showing what we can do. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Cause yeah, I mean, it is in today's, you know, day and age of the transfer portal and, and things changing and being kind of crazy, having 80% of the roster back, from a bowl game the year before is pretty unheard of now, yeah. it, it seems like. So um, 
yeah, with with that, do you feel that this is a good matchup, like as far as strengths and weaknesses for Texas and Washington? How are you guys feeling going in um, with how you compare, again, y'all, the O-line specifically to Washington's defense um, and then the team as overall? How are you guys feeling? Yeah, I think their defense is really well coached. They were, they were, they were great last year. Um, but, you know, in terms of us last year, we had a lot of inexperience in terms of wide receiver and, you know, the running backs. Like that was one of JB's really first starts was in the Alamo Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I think we match up well on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think our D line is the best in the country for sure. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching us because I, I do think we match up really well against, against them on both sides. We love the video when they announced because we were all everybody was in front of their TVs or phones or whatever. As the I think this was the first announced like playoff uh, rankings that I even watched. Right, because it doesn't matter until the last one. But um, the committee had kept Texas ahead of Alabama every week because of the um, win on the road. And then there was the you know Oregon Washington that was going to work itself out. Michigan Ohio State was going to work itself out. And then there was the question of probably out of FSU, Alabama, Texas, and maybe they throw Georgia and Alabama in just because they love the SEC. Like, who knows? What would, We saw the video of, like, Texas is three. Like, they're going, they're in. What was it like? We saw the video, but what was the, the conversations after, just the excitement after that you, you're you in the playoffs? That's what we were saying. We're like, holy, like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like, this is happening. Like, like, we got what we wanted. It's time to go. It's time to go prove our worth, I guess. Um, but yeah, the the whole that that whole committee situation, I you know, I'm 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 kind of stuck on it because you know it's for it's hard to go undefeated. It's really hard to go undefeated. But at the same time, at the same time, it's Bama, you know, and it, it, it it's it's difficult. That's why I'm excited for next year with the 12 team bracket. I feel like that's going to be a, a lot more fair. But um, but I do think it's the four best teams. I I would agree with that. I think your heart breaks for FSU. If I'm an FSU fan, I'm, I'm spitting mad, but I think ultimately the four best yeah. teams in the nation ended up in the right spot. I think when you have like, you know, this year when Quinn had his injury and Murphy came in and the team came together and got a win against a ranked team and another good win, those, those you, Texas showed that they still have enough pieces to move the ball and, you know, to, but then when Flor Florida state, I think the problem was, you know, it just didn't, there wasn't the, they just couldn't move the ball. It was a hard game to watch. It was hard. Just say I mean, it, it, <laughs> but, but apparently they still scored more touchdowns than Michigan in the last few weeks. Mm. So anyway, but I guess they got punished for that, which is unfortunate because it, it's, you know, Jordan Travis, nobody wants an injury like that, you know, on any team and it punishes the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. It's a, it, it, again, I, I think the right four teams ended up the in. best the top four, four, the best four in today. Yeah. Yeah. Like best the four argument. versus four most deserving. Those were two different things. And yeah, there so, we are. But so, Texas is in. But we're in. So <laughs> as you guys go from this like excitement of yeah, hell yeah, we're in the sugar bowl. We're in the, you're the CFP, you know, you Texas won the very first big 12 championship and they, they won their very last big 12 championship. And now we're in our first college football playoff. <laughs> How, how do you guys, like, what is the game prep look like? You know, this week, you guys, obviously you have, you know, your finals in that. So I know it's a little bit slower. You mentioned you've got, um, you're going to kind of do walkthroughs, workouts this week. And then next week, you kind of ease back into it. 
But as you go into that game, does game prep change, um, excuse me, from like two and a half weeks before the game to the week before to the day of like, how does that progress as you guys go through? Yeah, usually, usually we've got like Monday through Friday, like our normal Monday through Friday, that'll stay the same before leading up to the game. There's going to be a week and a half or so practice before that, that I think is going to start out slow and then it's going to be some pretty hard practices where hopefully we can kind of get back into the feeling of, you know, hitting and running full speed and making full speed decisions. And then we're going to dive back down and then go into our normal week. I, I think that's the way it's going to go. That's kind of how I remember doing it last year. Um, but we, we all trust Sark and, 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 the, and the staff and the coaches to, to put us in the best position possible. So is, you know, you talked about this just briefly, is that a difficult transition to go from having a couple weeks off? You know, when you go, throughout the season, you guys are hitting it hard, you know, every day in practice and you're used to getting hit and you, you've got that rhythm. Is it difficult to have that break in between, you know, you've got the upside of guys that are able to heal, get a little yeah. bit of rest, but mm -hmm. does it make it difficult to get back into the swing of things? I, I don't like sitting around. Um, I, I, I wish that, you know, bowl games were earlier, um, but at the same time, like having a bit of a break is, is really good, especially for, for teams that have some injuries going on, um, especially for guys that are just kind of beat up in general, um, which is I'm, I'm still feeling a little bit from the game. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think I think the sitting around for sure does kind of take off a little bit of that edge. And that's why bowl prep is so important. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to practice because yeah, I already miss hitting people. So. <laughs> I love it. So when do you guys start looking specifically at Washington? Are y'all already doing that? Do you already have film on them? Or when do y'all start really getting specific for the team you're going to play in Washington? The coaches, I'm, I'm sure, are already starting to watch film and get a good get a good scheme going. Um, personally, I don't I don't think that, you know, the guys will start watching film until we get back. Because, um, you know, the, the break is important to kind of decompress and get focused on finals and family for a second before we go and finish our finish the mission you'll get some time the holidays with your family too which will be nice yeah i get to be home for christmas this year which is crazy yeah it's a little nuts right so uh yeah so again katie native you're you're in that area um tell us a little bit you know on your break what what are your plans what are your plans when you get home do you have a specific routine or do you have a one thing that you're looking forward to being sleep home? and eat <laughs> sleeping in the most comfortable bed of all time, yes, 100%. percent look forward to that. Um, but, you know, since it's December, uh, ever, ever, I think it started when I was like a sixth grader. Me and my dad would always go and get a real tree together um, as a family. And then, you know, we take it home, we decorate it, have music and stuff. And uh, I get to do that this weekend with 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 them and um, my, my niece and nephew and my, my stepsister. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be going to be a lot of fun. That'll be super cool. Do you have it? Nice. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Like you put the music on, you have one that like gets you in the Oh movie. yeah. Uh last Christmas. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The best right. one. And right. it's good all year long, too. Yeah. That song is good all year long. Are are you are you pro Christmas music all year long or just during the Christmas season? No, it's just that one. No, no, I'm saying Christmas music. Uh, I will listen to Christmas music all year long. I don't care. Like I love it. But I think I think it's good to listen to a little bit every day starting december like 10th ish maybe yeah. okay and then you but we, we, 
<laughs> we were playing damn Christmas music over Thanksgiving. And I'm like, guys, like, come on. Like, <laughs> too much. Take, take it easy. Like, we're going to get there. Take it down a notch. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, hey, I, I, I was going to say, okay, so the Sugar Bowl, huge bowl game, right? It's an, it's an honor to play in the Sugar Bowl. Texas was there, you know, a few years ago and beat Georgia. That was a great game. Um, and the prizes like the gifts the player gifts what like what of the bowl gifts have you gotten that you just really love I know I was reading that it's up to like the school can give you up to so much and NCAA allows so much so the different bowls give different gifts right what is that what are you looking forward to and what have you gotten like it's a really cool bowl gift oh I, we got these uh these pretty sweet yetis last year um I liked um Got a bunch of gear, a bunch of sweats and stuff like that. So, and I know the Alma Bowl is a great bowl game to go to, but I know it's not on the same standard as uh, the Sugar Bowl is. So, um, and we're not. And last year we weren't in the college football playoffs, and now we are. So, I'm curious to see what, what we get this year. Um, doesn't matter what we get, I'm still gonna be grateful. Um, because I'm here to play football, not. I know it's year. fun to be rewarded. Sweat, you know, swag never hurts. It's, right? it's always fun to get some swag. Yeah, it is. And apparently, I, I was looking at a bunch of different places, and Alamo Bowl keeps getting ranked at one, two, or three as the best bowl uh, awards, yes. gifts for the players, because they give good gifts. And yeah, so anyway, that's that's always fun to get free stuff. I mean, you earned it. I'm gonna get yeah. I like that. I would. I want to play just for the game, right? And be like, oh, also, have you been sized for your championship ring? No, we have not yet. I'm, uh, I'm wondering when the hell that's going to happen. I'll never know. <laughs> Make you really excited about that. That's exciting. Yeah, I love Congratulations. that. I love that. So, um, all right. So we talked swag a little bit. I want to ask you, so I don't know if many people know, but your family does have some property. Um, you guys actually raise Longhorns. Um, do you have Do you have one that you consider yours and, and your favorite? Like, and what's its name? That's not it. Um, but we, we, oh, I can't, I can't. Hold on. Let me, uh, we, let me, Share a background, yeah. Off my, yeah, I'm trying to turn <laughs> off my background. Where am I background? I'm, I'm blowing it. I'm sorry, guys. No, That's you're good. good. Fine. Here, here we go. Okay. So we've got three, we've got four longhorns right now. That's one of them. Oh, that's, that's Tiger Lily. Um, but I, I was, I got to I got to name one of the Longhorns back on my grandparents' farm, um, and uh, Peggy Peggy is my favorite. Yeah, she a little Peggy. sassy. Does she have an attitude? No, she's kind of mellow. She's she's pretty chill, honestly. She's kind of timid um, compared to the other ones. That's that's kind of why I like her so much. She's she laid back, and I love yeah, that. I love that. Was that um, Oklahoma State fraternity hmm. um, horribleness extra fuel this weekend? It, it definitely was it was it was it was a weird situation because you know we we really couldn't tell if it was directed at us or if it was directed at the fraternity because on the cow it said f the fraternity, the fraternity. Yeah. yeah the farming yeah, fraternity. So, but at the same time it's like it's a like, longhorn on longhorn week exactly it's during it's the big hard not to read into that <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. I, I i sent it, I sent it to some of the guys i'm like yo this is this is bs this is ridiculous well, yeah. we saw Quinn put on Instagram. This was for Bebo's cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Anyway, I'm all the fuel will take it. So hopefully, yeah, like you said, hopefully Washington opens their mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. They they probably won't, but I hope they do. <laughs> so uh, we know that we've heard. You know, Jordan Whittington has a special relationship with Bebo. Have you gotten to meet the big man? Do you? 
have you gotten to meet Bevo or spend some time with him? Not really. I, I see him. I see him whenever we go out for warm-ups and stuff. Um, but I haven't really gotten as close to him as, you know, my grandparents' longhorns, obviously. <laughs> Fair enough. You haven't hadn't fed him the cubes yet, right? No. Put no. some stick them in your in your jersey. <laughs> they, yeah, maybe, that, yeah. Maybe that's something we can change up at the sugar bowl, get him <laughs> get him calm and mellow. Cause we are gonna go up against another dog mascot. So maybe he gets a little yeah. amped. Yeah, that was, that I, want, I, want, I want them to bring that husky up to Bebo. Yeah, right. That's funny. That's funny. All right. So moving forward. Okay. Again, so with the Sugar Bowl, we, we want to wish you guys all the luck. We're excited. We're going to be there loud and proud in New Orleans. Um, we we want to give you an opportunity. Again, when when you get to New Orleans, is there one, what's the one dish that you have to have? Are you excited about the, the Cajun food? I, mean, I feel like that's a very simple answer. It's the beignets. There you yeah. go. Oh, yeah. I got a cafe on. I got to. Do you yeah. have them all stacked up? Like, does that break your your uh, diet restrictions for, pre or the diet? You know, the the nutrition prep, or just like? No, you I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm getting those <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's always worth it. But I'm, I'm a little bummed out because I know that you know I li I like Cajun seasoning and spices and stuff like that, but I'm allergic to shellfish. So oh, a oh. little restrictive. Yeah. Little so yeah, a little bit the sausage i guess and chicken i mean mm -hmm. yeah but a lot of times they're all mixed together yeah so yeah gumbo is not your jams no, <laughs> no. So maybe some boudin or something yeah Could i you? love boudin yeah <laughs> so so hayden before we let you go and again we thank you so much for your time we really appreciate you being here this has been so much fun and you've given us a ton of insight and this is I could talk your ear off all day, but um, I, we want to say, are there any specific causes or charities that you want to shout out? Um, you know, it's Christmas time, holiday season. Is there anything that, that you want people that you're that, working with, yeah, that you're working with or focusing on? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually in the, in the planning process right now. Um, I've doing a little charity event for either Austin Pets Alive or the Austin Animal Shelter. Um, you know, I, I've, I've volunteered with Austin Pets Alive uh over the summer a lot and i haven't obviously hadn't had the time during the during the season to volunteer um but you know i always whenever i get the chance i always like to go there and be around the dogs and the animals and you know give them the love that, that they deserve that's Aww. awesome that's awesome well please keep us updated we'd love to to amplify that and get that out there so when you've got everything set up and ready let us know we'll we'll make well, sure we send people your sure. way that's an awesome cause you gotta I, I always say like I feel like I like animals more than I like most people. Yes, so. <laughs> I love it. it's such it's such a good cause. Austin Pets Alive does good work, and I just heard they have a thrift store. I didn't know yeah, they, they have a thrift store, and someone was saying it's like one of the best thrift stores. So I need to go check it out. Check out their thrift store because you can support that way too. Mm -hmm. Find some cool house, right? More crap. <laughs> All right, I've got one last question for you, and then we'll let you go, my friend, and have have the rest of your day to yourself, even if you don't know what you're going to do. Uh, All right. Buddy. Icy whites or home orange? Which are your favorites? I don't know. I I think the icy whites are pretty sweet, but being at home, wearing the orange in front of the home crowd, it's it's just it's a different feeling. It's it's a difficult answer. I'd probably go with the orange. I like the orange better. All right. All okay. Right. Well, that leads Mark to part two of that question then. All right. Sorry. It's part, right. I can't ask no, that you're question. Good. You're good. I cannot ask. You guys had home field at the Big 12 championship, but chose the Icy Whites. Do you know why? I think it's because we wore orange last time when we lost. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so you're all, it was a combination. I, yeah. A little stitious, huh? Not, not superstitious, but a little stitious. Good, good. <laughs> I just want to know if you, if, 
I, I, I was, we were kind of like combination probably because the orange was a little superstitious and also yeah. probably because you guys were undefeated in the road white. So we'll see. True, true road games. Yes. I love it. Hey, All right. Well, I'll let you go. Yeah, please tell people where they can find you on, mm -hmm. on your social media that you do not check and will not see. But um, if people <laughs> want to follow you, can you give them a, a shout out on where to find you on, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere that you think is best? My Twitter and Instagram is the exact same. It's just my name. It's Hayden, Hayden Carr. That's it. That's, I like that you keep it easy, my friend. Keep e it simple. ER. I love that. Uh, All right, man. Well, hey, again, congratulations on an awesome game. You're you're killing it. Your growth has been absolutely phenomenal to watch. And we cannot wait to see what you and the rest of the guys unleash on Washington in New Orleans in the Sugar Bowl. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, Hayden Connor, you you're the best, man. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. All right, take All care. Right. Hook them. <laughs>